Hey, hey. What up, what up? Welcome back to So Pro Fitness podcast. <laughs> Why did I say fitness? <laughs> Steely and Olivia here. We're going to throw down some knowledge for you today on bodybuilding myths and kind of like what people assume and then what the real facts are. Absolutely. Because I think that something that we've talked about is that um, Steely and I, having both kind of started our fitness journeys from bodybuilding, like we were taught a lot of things completely wrong. Like there were some things that we've thankfully learned that are completely not correct and kind of had to up our info on that. And unfortunately those super old school myths are still circulating in the industry, but we're going to set the record straight on some things. Yeah, there's old school bodybuilding and new school bodybuilding now with a little bit more research. Uh-huh. Um, not so much just trial and error and be like, yeah, well, apparently this works. Right, right. We my, have- br- my bro did this one time and he's jacked. Yeah, that mm. happens a lot. That's a good example. Mm-hmm. So I think the thing. one thing that people think mostly is that, well, look at them. They have a six pack and their shoulders are capped. And oh my gosh, have you seen their quad sweeps? <laughs> Um, they must be so they healthy. They must be so healthy. <laughs> there, There's truth in that um, in some aspects in the fact that you can look at a physique and it can show you For health. Sure. Um, but when you see that extreme physique uh, of the bulging biceps and, you know, the striations everywhere. Yeah. When, every, when everywhere. things are just a little bit out of the norm, mm-hmm. I would say that more than likely their levels... Um, like their blood levels and hormone levels, kidney function, liver function, things like that Preach. start to go down. Mm-hmm. They're not at the proper level. So if I was to give any really good advice for you and you are wanting to be in an extreme bodybuilder or take your physique to an extreme limit, whether it's lean or whether it's build, I would say you need to be under a doctor's, um, watch. I think they need to make sure that you're taking your blood work properly. Um, anytime that I do a prep, that's one thing that I, I have to do. My hormones have been off since day one of birth. Unfortunately, (laughs) I've never been normal. Um, so I would definitely say get your blood work done. And some of the things that they're going to look at is your white blood cell count. They're going to look at your thyroid. They're going to look at your estrogen, your natural testosterone, even for women, Mm -hmm. they're going to make sure that those are level. And if they are, then your body is ready to go through a uh, dramatic change, you know, whether you're trying to put on a bunch of lean mass, which if you're going to have help from steroids and stuff like that, I mean, let's be real. You have to get the blood work done first. Yes, absolutely. Health first. Yeah. So just because somebody looks healthy, I know a lot of guys who've been in the gym. I think the number one thing that I see is blood pressure. Really? Because I mean, watch them when they're lifting, like they start turning bright ass <laughs> red and like, that's just their blood. Like they have so much blood you know what i mean like it's yes increasing so much so yes. i think blood pressure is very common in men who do use steroids and totally. i think that that's a quick one to fix totally you know so depending on that but when you look at a body don't judge it don't say that it's healthy because you know there are things as such as skinny fat totally we talked about that in our fat loss yeah. like it doesn't mean just because someone's small it doesn't mean they're healthy and same just because someone's huge and ripped and strided and lean uh how many times have you guys known someone competing and they've talked about how they've crashed right after competition or before it's like it isn't right it's like it's an extreme it's not the picture of health you know i went through a hormonal um depression yeah and that was very uncomfortable it's Um, 
I dieted for, I normally do long prep, so I understand, like, right. she's, I'm like, in it for the long haul, she's, I'm like, yeah, I was dieting for five years, I'm, I'm trying like, to do it, <laughs> I don't know why, I just, I'd rather do it slow and steady, and totally. when I say slow and steady, I mean, like, six months, yeah, totally, like, I take six months to just kind of, like, get into the habit, each week is getting better, da, 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 and I, I dial it down, but, I unfortunately, and I'm learning now that you cannot just go back to real life. And I think we talked about that too. And when you do something like that, um, just as anything, like your body is moving forward and then you do a, a complete stop, mm-hmm. like it doesn't know how to catch up. Yep. Your body likes repetition. Your body yeah, likes consistency. Exactly. So it's constantly trying to maintain homeostasis. And mm-hmm. when you're constantly changing that, <laughs> yeah, and then your body just goes into a, a jolt. And honestly, it took me about two and a half months Yep. to not sleep every day. Right. I was literally sleeping every single day. I'd like get eight hours of sleep. I'd go train like two or three clients, come home and sleep for like sleep another more. four hours, yeah. go train, come back and sleep. Like your yeah. body tells you so much if you totally. pay attention to yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just like the type of sleep that's like, oh, well, I don't feel like doing anything. So I'm going to take like a boredom nap. It's like, I'm exhausted from training two people yeah. that like, it's not about laziness. No, it's about like your body is so low mm-hmm. that two clients wear you out completely right. and you're like, all right, well here's nap number four of the day and I'm yeah. going to wake up still tired. Like it's, you can't do anything. It's awful. It's a different type of tired. Oh yeah. And like depression exhaustion. is right on top yes, of it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and oh, obviously you're not so moving bad. as much. So your body fat's increasing and then your mental state goes yep. a little whack. Yep. It's definitely created a lot of, um, eating disorders for sure absolutely even just like body dysmorphia oh my god I was gonna say like thinking disorders like the way that we think about our bodies have changed like I do want to say something that I've always said is that like bodybuilding doesn't make you a healthy person you have to be a healthy person to be a bodybuilder like you have to already be in a healthy state of mind in a healthy body like you can't just decide you're gonna start lifting one day and do a show like you need to have experience under your belt you already have to be that healthy person like in every aspect of your life and then go be a bodybuilder. It's not like I want to be a bodybuilder so that I'll be healthy. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's an oxymoron. That's not going to happen. Right. That's impossible. (laughs) Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. I think that if you can follow a list, you can be a bodybuilder. Like it's really just about discipline. Right. And there's a lot of other ways that you can have that same feeling and not have to compete and go through the hormone downs. You can get healthy without having to do a show. Right. Yeah, exactly. Another interesting thing that we were, was brought to our attention recently. Because of me. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Honestly, (laughs) this was, well, I'm glad I learned it, honestly. So I don't know if you guys have ever heard of like some made up body parts in bodybuilding, like the glute ham (laughs) tie-in. It's not a real thing. That's huge. The glute ham tie-in is a myth. It doesn't exist. (laughs) Like, I was like, what? Oh, it's so bad. The glute ham tie-in is the like relative leanness between your glute and your, the top of your hamstring, right where that tendon is. It's like the insertion point. And it's not an actual body part. It's just something that you can see when you get lean, like your shoulder cap, your shoulder cap isn't a body part. Your shoulder cap is what you see when you're lean. Like, it's just kind of funny because people will say oh well this really works your glute ham tie-in it's like no 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 that's not a that's not a muscle you can't what do you mean it works my glute ham tie-in we we all know that spot reduction for fat doesn't happen you can't just do 100 crunches and wake up with a six pack same thing with the glute ham tie-in you can't work an invisible body part and suddenly it'll show through 
So the best way to see it mm-hmm. is, is to get lean. Yeah. If you like the best way that I've taken progress photos and stuff is like, I will crisscross my feet and just bend over and touch my toes. And then mm-hmm. you can see the split between um, the hamstrings and the glute. And I feel that right at the attachment of the hamstrings at the top of the glute, that's where they see the separation. Mm-hmm. And all it is, is the glute actually is like a rounder square muscle. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I know this sounds awful, but it's huge. It's round at the top. And then like it squares off. If you look at like Phil Heath, look at his glutes. They're not yeah. round. No. And it actually attaches a little bit more to the right, like to the right side of the glute or the left side of the glute. It doesn't attach to the hamstrings right below it. It doesn't look like a balloon. Right. It looks kind of off center, like a comment, right. like a comment right, right, bubble right. Right. that you would write. Um, so that is the best way to see it. That is, that does determine some leanness when you can bend over and see that your hamstrings split. Right. But it's not a body part. It's good. It's just kind of funny. Like it's like, they don't, they right, don't attach. Right. There are different ways to refer to this. Like, I think that something that makes sense is when, like, if a coach were to say, okay, I really want to see your glute ham tie-ins pop by week six, you know? Okay, that makes sense. Like she wants me to be lean enough to where she sees my glute and hamstrings mm-hmm. popping six weeks out. That's fair. I understand what she's meaning. She means that she wants me to be lean and for my legs to be strided and cool, sounds great. But the not okay way to say this is like, this exercise really works my glute ham tie-in. It, that does, no. It works your glutes and your hamstrings, mm-hmm. but it doesn't work a vision point it doesn't work like a location on your body you know i would say like lunges curtsy lunges um oh yeah there's plenty of things we can do for our glutes and hamstrings yeah Yeah, like do those kind of movements and you'll definitely see a result in that glute hamstring area if you get lean too right like you can you can bulk up and do all those things and your glute tie-ins aren't gonna pop (laughs) you know but it's just like yeah work your glutes work your hamstrings absolutely key to a well-balanced body right there like we've learned that the hard way i feel like when you do an rdl that's the best way to like oh, i yeah. said bend over touch your toes yeah you'll see the striations so. yeah squats remaining deadlifts hip thrusts all those hip hinge movements and even some knee hinge movements mm-hmm. are great for them for sure but do you, do you have a mm. lean hamstring right now no oh that's the worst part of my body it's like my hips and my glutes and my glute ham tie-in is tiny. I don't know. I think everyone should just bend over and just check themselves out. Today. Totally. <laughs> if you just bend over. Get to it's know totally your body. Fine, honestly. So that's my myth for today. Because the glute ham tie-in doesn't exist. It does not. You can't work it. But you can work your glutes and your hamstrings like normal people. Right. <laughs> I think another um, point to make is that there is always an anabolic window. When I work out, I have to I have to drink my protein shake, you know, in the locker room before I leave because if I don't, my gains are lost. In the locker room, that's lame. You should drink it during your last set. Yeah, what are you, you're wasting time, bro. That is incorrect information. Mm-hmm. Um, we have looked up a few different research, and they all we've had two or three different points that they made. Like I have always read that within like an hour or two is probably normal. Right. You do not have to get within that first 15 or even 30 minutes. Like your body's okay. It's not going to deplete itself. Um, but I think another thing is like, people don't realize that you're actually breaking the muscle down in the gym. And I think people forget that they think, Oh, I'm building my muscle. Mm, you're not, you're actually like, I always tell them it's, it's kind of like a weft and it pulls itself apart every time you do a, a rep. Right. You know, you're actually breaking that muscle fiber down the only way to replenish is through nutrition, through
through sleep and through hydration. So right. after your workout, I always suggest to my clientele that if you're in a cutting phase or competition that you should just be having a protein source post-workout. Um, if you are in a surplus or an adding phase into the bodybuilding world or just for your everyday life, you would want to add a little bit more carbohydrates. Totally. That's going to help fuel a little bit better and replenish what you've just lost. Right. Yeah. Uh, food is anabolic. <laughs> Working out is catabolic. But strength training d- done right with food, proper nutrients, can be anabolic. Absolutely. Yeah. The best example I have is going to the gym. Everyone goes at the same time. So let's say every day you go at five. You know, you see Jason over there who's swinging his weights around. And then you see (laughs) Susan over there, you know, doing her hip hip thrust. But you haven't seen any progress in them in the last two years. And you've seen them there every day. You know, and then all of a sudden, let's say Jason starts talking to a trainer (laughs) and he's eating differently. Nothing else has changed. Just eating. Guarantee you, you're going to see Jason totally change in whatever direction he's looking at. Absolutely. While Susan sits over there looking the same. So diet <laughs> has a best. huge impact in what you can look like physique-wise. Absolutely. It's everything. It's not just lifting. Yeah, definitely. I and mean, I definitely progressive overload is so key and we should do it. We should, we should do a segment on strength that's for it, yeah. like one of these, upco- one of these secret it. upcoming weeks. We should do <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, progressive overload is obviously key to strength training, but... Like diet is, if you're not eating, you're not going to be growing. So what about, like, what do you tell your clients? Because I've seen a lot of people have um, Sour Patch Kids Mm -hmm. or candy, Skittles, Mm -hmm. Rice Krispie Treats, muffins. Like, what would you say about having a simple carb before a workout for your carbohydrate? I personally like it, um, but not everyone works well with that. I do. Uh, yeah, you don't. <laughs> I don't. I, we it doesn't. It, that way. <laughs> it doesn't do well. I actually crash, and my mm-hmm. blood sugar drops really low during huh. the workout. Huh. Yeah, so, I do really well with that post workout. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> post workout. Bring me the candy. We good. Right, but pre workout, I definitely can see how that would work. It's. I mean, it's a simple sugar. It's quick energy, and for especially for strength training, you are using short bursts of energy to lift. So that is you, like your body does go to carbohydrate stores to fuel those lifts. That would make sense to me. Pre and post workout carbs are very essential in the fact that, like I said, they're going to help your muscles grow. Um, a lot of clients come to me and they say, well, I don't want extra carbs. I'm like, this is the best time to actually have carbohydrates. You can't build muscle without carbs. No. And and they're like, looking at so, you, keto. They're so <laughs> afraid of it. And yeah. I tell them, and I was just explaining this to Olivia, the, the best example, again, that I can give is, Mm-hmm. Let's say you eat your simple carb or you eat your complex carb and that puts you at five points. Okay. Let's say you're yeah. at five points. Now you go and work out. Well, now you're depleted. You've completely depleted all the carbohydrates that you just fueled yourself out, you know, 45 minutes prior. Um, now when you walk out of the gym, you're actually negative, right? You need to go back up to zero, right? So by having a simple carb or a complex carb, depending on your body type right. um, and blood sugar levels and how you can handle it. You're really back at zero. Right. So it's like, kind of sound like negative food. Like you get to like use it. So if you're going to have like junk food, personally, I don't do well with simple carbs pre-workout. I tend to crash, like I said, during it. Sweet potatoes work really well for me. So if I do like three and a half ounces of sweet potatoes pre-workout, it actually is just enough to like keep me aligned and not like shaky and fall. You know, like, like. I get dizzy sometimes yeah. if I have, and I've tried it. I've tried different ways. So I would do it. And 
this is another thing is like you have to make sure that you're having a true serving. Yeah. It's the same thing as our fat loss segment. It's we're, we're recommending food, but we're not saying go eat a whole thing of Sour Patch Kids. We're saying watch the servings. You still have to be sticking to your diets when you're doing these. Or I'm saying diets as just like nutrition plans. Sticking to your macros, sticking to your calories. I don't care if it's surplus, deficit, whatever. Whatever your goals are, you still have to be eating accordingly. A good rule of thumb is let's say every day you're eating 40 grams of carbs. That's a lot per meal. So like a man would probably be eating that. Or Olivia. <laughs> or Olivia. That's true. She eats more, but I eat a lot of carbs. Let's say you're eating like 40 grams per meal, like two or three times a day. Your post or your pre and post workout should be like 20 grams. You should be like half of that. It shouldn't be a full meal to where you're feeling like you just came from right. Thanksgiving. Right. You need to do about half that. So 20 grams of carbs. Um, that's typically what I do, which is too much yeah. pre-workout. Um, a small little rice krispie treat, like the mini sizes. That's a size. Mini. Right. <laughs> Um, like 16, uh, Skittles, like that's the size. Like people yeah. don't realize that you don't go buy that and eat the whole bag. That's just right. too much. You're just overloading. Your body doesn't Absolutely. know what to do. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely watch your serving sizes of what items you're choosing, whether exactly. it's sweet potatoes or not. Like same thing. Like I normally have anywhere from five to six ounces of carbs, um, complex carbs, uh, in a normal meal. So my pre-workout would be like two and a half, three ounces. Right. And I normally have eight ounces of sweet potatoes for my lunch. So like for, that makes sense to me. So like my pre or post-workout would be four. Half of it. Yeah. Exactly. That makes sense. And then post-workout, I would do the same thing. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think to do like Skittles for pre and post. Like, I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why you would do Skittles post-workout. No. It doesn't really. If you are gonna eat junk, though, we were to talk about this. Right. If you did, if you are gonna eat junk food or Chipotle or something that's like not on your diet, post workout is the time. Pre and post workout sure. are the times to get those little cravings out. So if my clients are craving fruit, and I'm like, sure, put some chocolate on it, like whatever, like yeah. just do a little bit, like. A true serving is like three strawberries. You know what I mean? Right. Which is you, nuts to me. You do that, and that's okay. That way, you get your little bit of cheat. And you're not like feeling guilty about it. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's a reason behind something you chose. Right. You had your carbs, you worked out, you're growing, it's fine. Oh. Yeah, I totally agree with that. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, the anabolic window is definitely not as dramatic as everyone makes it seem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Eat your food, lift your weights, you'll be fine. Uh, another thing that I have realized that people <clears throat> are like confused about in bodybuilding, and I didn't even know this until... I saw these guys in person. I actually asked someone the other day. So like, I don't know, we're around people who compete all the time. And so it's not uncommon that like, if I haven't met someone before, chances are they've probably competed before, especially if they look, you know, like they lift. And so I'm like asking this guy that just is like at the same, like gym back in the day when we could go to gyms (laughs) Um, at the same gym. I'm like, Oh, do you, do you compete too? And he's like, what? No, I'm tiny. And I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) here we go. (laughs) So you just started something, bro. But guys are freaking, especially men's physique, specifically men's physique, are freaking small on stage. Like that's a category in bodybuilding. Men's physique guys are tiny, tiny on stage, and so much so that people have completely unrealistic expectations of what they want to weigh on stage. Like, 
I promise you that especially because men's physique tends to be like the taller category, which is the only thing going for them in regards to weight. Like they are, I don't know anyone who's competed above 200 at men's physique. No, no, they don't. Unless you're like six, six. Right. Unless you're huge. But that is a huge, huge men's physique. Look, true men's physique was supposed to be like surfer dudes from California status. You know what I'm saying? Like now men's physique has gotten a little bit bigger, but true men's physique is like 160, 170 on stage, which is like what I am off season. It's lean. I'm like, it's very yikes. Lean. Like tiny. They're, they get down to like what? 2% body fat. Yeah. Tiny, like low body fat. I mean, you do lose muscle when you're, when you're losing weight, if you're not on steroids, like that's just how it works. Like you get so small. All the cat, uh, cardio. Right. So it's just kind of like, that's a myth. People are like, oh, those guys are huge. I'm like, yeah, off season, they're monsters. On stage, they're tiny. I think when I look at women's, women competitors Mm -hmm. on their off season, Mm -hmm. um, I don't see a lot. So if you guys see more, like, tag me in it. Because I'd like to see. Like, I don't see a lot of women who are, like, six feet tall. Right. So I don't really, like, I I know and follow maybe, like, three. Mm -hmm. And one's, like... Huge, like like a, like huge. Uh, yeah. I'm like, oh my god, your traps are bigger right. than my biceps. Like, yeah. Oh my god. Um. So that's not something I really compare myself to. And then the other people are typically like that Karina girl yeah. who like dated Callum. Right, right, like, right. She's super lean and like 140 pounds. And I'm if like, that, Ugh. yeah. It's like swimsuit model. Like she's I, a bikini girl. I don't though, see like you know? a middle. So yeah. When I look and <clears throat> I know Olivia has had the same thing happen, but people. We'll go to do something. And I'm like, they're like, oh, I don't think it'll hold me. I'm like, girl, you're 150. I can stand on it at 180. And they're like, what? What? Yeah. I'm like, I'm 180. And they're like, no, I thought you were like 150. But people like, they don't understand the density that's behind us. Like, girl, I'm solid. Yeah. Like, I'm good. (laughs) And I'm like, run at me full force. You'll fall over. (laughs) I promise you. (laughs) Like, test it. Let's go. Try me out, bro. (laughs) But seriously, I think it's a lot of like, people think that on stage just because we look lean, we look bigger. Like, okay, when I was dieting down for my last show, I was losing weight like crazy and I was losing muscle a little bit, you know, but obviously I was losing a lot of fat. And people are like, whoa, you're getting huge. I'm like, are you stupid? <laughs> Stop. I know, swear to God. I'm like, I've lost 20 pounds in the past five hours. Like, what are yeah, you talking yeah. about? I mean, I'm, just because I'm leaning out and you can now see more definition, it makes people look bigger. So they assume, oh, those guys are huge on stage. I'm like, no, you could beat them up in a dark alley. No, they're very, yeah, they're very lean, very, very lean. thin. Yeah. They have no water in them. Like, yeah. um, I think one of your notes was like when they turn to the side and do a side pose, mm-hmm. it's tiny. Yeah. Like there's a phrase like men's physique, you're supposed to turn sideways and disappear. And that's how it's supposed to be. And bikini girls compete on stage at like, what 110 oh, like 105 110 depending on the yeah yeah tiny tiny okay so if i was this is will give you a, a perception so as a figure competitor i typically step stand on stage at 160 that's pretty normal for me right if i was to be a bikini competitor i'd probably be 135 yeah so that gives you a different idea of where a woman's physique could be and how you can drop it down right and this is also i mean height totally has to do with it but but (laughs) right but it's kind of like like it's just again it goes back to picture of health like these girls are 105 on stage 110 on stage that is they're you know hormones are all over the place they're unhappy like this is not what you want it's also totally just like part of the smoke and mirrors that is bodybuilding you know it's like it's all smoke and mirrors 
Like we all weigh way less than you think we do. Mm-hmm. And then off season, we kind of, I mean, I, I feel like we both have maintained it off season. It's been like three weeks for me. I know, but you're doing, <laughs> but you're doing, Yay. but you're doing great. Like you're, yeah. you still look lean. Your abs are still showing. Like you still are I want, leaning out. My goal for off season is to have like a thick ab. Yeah. Pop through. Yeah. Like I never get a gut. Right. But like my obliques are always in. Right. I have obliques year round. Thank God. That's amazing. But a little gut. Right. Like a little poof. I want to, I, I just want to stay like where I'm at right now. If I can maintain this all year round, I feel fine. Right. I'm at 19% body fat, which I Woo-hoo! freaked out over with her. Like this is something that I'm learning right now and we'll probably do a whole podcast on this. Yes, we should. Cause I'm, fl- I'm freaking out every other day. Like I'm just keeping, keeping my calm. I'm like trying to understand that. Okay. Like I can't have this, but that means I can't have that. And like, there has been a few days where I've surplus way too much. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I was 164 like two and a half weeks ago and I'm 175. Right. And that was a huge whoop. And I was, I kept texting Olivia like, what, what do I do? What do I do? She's like, you're fine. You're fine. But I see the body fat percentage. And for me, 19% is still in the healthy range. Yeah, absolutely it is. But we're not used we're to not healthy. We're not used to it. We're not used we're to healthy. We're used to yeah. shredded or overweight. Like right. I don't have a middle. So right. if I can keep this physique right now and feel comfortable, comfortable and confident, I... I'm good. My heart like, just got so happy. Good. And I want to be able to still gain weight. And I'm doing the 1950 calories still. Like, I'm trying to slowly increase. And I'm going to take my time with it. Like, take I don't time. care until I can truly get it. Like, I'm still at 1950 and it's annoying because I've been on it for a minute. But, like, if I do lift heavy, then I'm like, okay, like, I can have a little extra carbs plus workout. But I'm right. not, like, I'm learning balance again. Yeah. Because I went from super, super strict for 12 and a half weeks. Right. To okay, you have to stay strict again, and then I and, fell off right, a little bit, exactly. and I'm coming back on. So I'm yeah, like, okay, like I'm back on my boat. Like, You're I'm, definitely back I'm, in it. I'm floating. Yeah, <laughs> she's looking great. But it's kind of like glue you ham tie-in. The glue ham tie-in <laughs> is showing. Oh my god! But for real, it's kind of like we both have maintained this like good off-season body. I think for the first time, and then uh, as opposed to on stage, when people are surprised, like what we went on stage, like. People are surprised at what we weigh off season. So it's kind yeah. of like, I think people, I don't know what people think. I think people just think that we're like I don't basically think they have a, 120 I, all year round. <laughs> they don't have an idea of depth. Right. Like the density. Like we are, we are solid. <laughs> yeah. Most of my clients are seniors. Like they don't get it. They're like, you look great. Like, cause I don't have a gut. Right. <laughs> right. 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 I'm like, grandma. that doesn't mean anything. I know I look great, but like, do I look like shredded or do I look lean? Like, what am I doing right now? Right. Yeah. And I do, I do want to kind of talk about like what we think the overall like trainer tips that we can give you guys. Like what are some really good tips that we've learned through the years that we did incorrectly? Mm -hmm. And I would say from someone who kind of specializes in mobility and flexibility and stability, I would say that is key. Mm -hmm. Um, don't skip it. I know it's so easy to do. Like do your warm up. Do a proper mobility movement. Like I, I used to think it was just a waste of time. And you know, when you're 22, you're unbreakable. Mm-hmm. No one's going to break you. You can't get hurt. And guess what? That's when my first injury happened. And guess what? Yes, you can. <laughs> it happens real quick. And if you can have a professional on your side, they're only going to help push those habits too. I have so many clients say, oh, I should be doing stretches. Oh, I should be doing that. Yeah, you should. Like, it's not like an if. Like, you need to be doing this because one of my oldest clients is 65 years old. 
And she's way more flexible than anybody that I have, including myself. And I'm not that flexible, but like, I can't show her some stretches because I can't do it. And she's 65 years old, so I swear by Pilates. Um, but flexibility does help reduce injury risks. And if you keep up with your flexibility, your body isn't going to be as rigid when you go to move something. And you stay in these bodybuilding planes and it's like up, down, left, right, up, down, left, right. Yeah. Like you stay in this pattern and you don't do lateral movements. You don't do hip hinges. That's when injuries cause problems. And I feel like a lot of people, they stick to the same routines. And they end up imbalanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when big injuries come. So totally I would true. definitely say... Mobility is a great way to do it. And honestly, if you have no idea what you're doing, you're like, you know what? They're right. Because <laughs> we are. Because <laughs> you we are. <laughs> just go up online and type in YouTube and type in shoulder mobility workout. Yep. They'll show you two or three exercises. Include that and then go do your workout. Yeah. Like I promise you. You're feel okay. better. Yes. Yeah, and better. do do mobility pre-workout. Yes. Post-workout, like you can do it if you want to like see how your range of motion is better. But pre-workout is the best time to be doing mobility work. Do you say they like include it with their warm-up? I typically, so like if someone comes to me on leg day, we will do a mobility warm-up. Got you. First. Got you. Because okay. I warm, I want their hips mobilized. I want Got their you. ankles mobilized. And then we'll do like a few little strengthening things. Like first thing I'll do is like a 90-90 stretch on the ground. Um depending on, and then that's where I go. So that's how I assess the day. So I'll have them sit in a 90 degree um, internal rotation and external rotation of the hips. So you're just sitting on the ground and I ask them, what do you feel? And they'll be like, oh, my left hip is like, it's pinching right here. Okay, that's hip flexor. That's super easy to fix. I said, what about your other one? No, nothing. Okay, flip over, do it again. And they do it and I said, what do you feel? Nothing. That tells me right there that I need to warm up their left hip. And then that's when I go off of their mobile warm up, and I I'll say, you. "Okay, so now let's do a couple little single leg hip thrusts for our first exercise, <laughs> and then they'll start that to open up the hip more." So, like, I'll pick their problem in the mobile assessment, and then that will kind of determine where the workout goes, right? Because I'm not gonna be like, "Oh yeah, let's squat." Okay, clear. They're not okay to like right. squat right now. Like they're too tight in that hip. And then typically after the first exercise, I'll say, "All right, go back to that 90-90. What do you feel?" Oh, I don't, I don't feel anything. It doesn't, it's not pinching so much. All right, let's move on. And then we do our first movement. Gotcha. So I always just go off of the assessment and the same thing happens with shoulders and I can go on and on about that. But you, once you get a little bit more familiar with your body, which is like step one of working out, I feel that it tells you what's wrong. You go and you fix it and then you move on. Like it's quick and easy. So that's something that as a mobility coach, that's what I would say. That's like my. Totally fair my go-to which she's teaching me a lot about mobility i love it like i don't know she what, is it's so just, like her eyes light up whenever I she I, whenever whenever i tell her i have a pain she's like oh you, you have pain see, i'm such a creep i am there was a time when i was at the gym and there's like a bunch of like these bros hanging out and i watched him do his lift he did an overhead press and he dropped it um, like a barbell and he dropped it. He's like, Oh, my left shoulder. I was like, Oh, he rotated internally, which means like his back, um, trust minor probably needs like a little bit of work. <laughs> and like, I knew it. I knew the answer. And like, I kind of like watched him cause I, I don't jump in. I don't jump in and be like, Hey, want me to fix you? That's so annoying. I don't, yeah, I no. don't do that. We know how that feels. And like, I saw him like working on it and I'm like, okay, he actually did what I would have suggested rather than just popping up as being like a know-it-all. Um, 
and he was like working it, working it. And the only thing I think I would have advised him was like, leave it alone a little bit. Like if you do have an injury that just popped, like it's going under trauma right now. Like it's just figuring itself out. Right. Move it around a little bit, but like go do the opposite movement. So if it was a shoulder thing, maybe you should go do some more delts. Totally. Like do the opposite and kind of open it up a little bit and like don't irritate it. Cause I think a lot of people, they stretch and stretch and stretch and it's like, you're actually doing more. You are doing more damage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's a good point. Cause it's kind of like, okay, if your elbow hurts, like if I poke it a million times, is it going to feel better? No, it's going to feel more irritated. Like shut up and leave it alone. Like let it take a nap. You know, I don't know. I just like, I I love the human body and I think being injured has helped me like realize that I'm into this. Totally. I would be a physical therapist, but I like, I'm not trying to do that all day. No, I want to get like, more certs maybe in mobile mobilization and like just help like corrective exercise. Absolutely. Yeah. Like that's easy. Like I love that. I kind of talk to my clients as if their muscles are their friends. And I'm like, I always explain it and I'll be like, like, man, you know, and they're pointing to their upper pec. Like, man, my, my chest really hurts right here. Every time I lift my hand, I said, all right, let me explain this to you. So like your chest, he's your strong friend. Okay, so every time you do something, your strong friend's got your back. He's gonna take over. He's gonna do this. Yeah, make, this make is, him like attached. Really, this is a really cute story, you guys. I just got emotional. I was like, my, it's like, my strong friend. It's he my does, Steely. He does everything. <laughs> he does everything. But you know what? All the other muscles, they're so weak that he's been helping them out for so long. So when it's their turn to do something. He gives up. Like, he can't take on the load anymore. And then guess what? The little guys, like, yeah. And I kind of explain it to them. And then, like, they all do the same thing. They're like, well, I like my chest. My chest is a good guy. Like, you know, I talk to to them as if their muscles are, like, people. (laughs) I kind of love that. (laughs) I'm obsessed. So I'll be like, yeah, so this guy, like, he's really strong. And, like, his weak friend over here, like, he's trying, but he's just irritating. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, so this guy, when he backs off a little bit and gives him a shot, he can't take it. So then the other guy will help. Over. So I try to like make them visualize it a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a huge puzzle. You know, that's so, yeah, I could talk all day for mobility. Sorry. We love <laughs> we, we will definitely do a whole thing on mobility. I could I, talk I, all I day. It. I, I love, love it. it. That's awesome. I'm learning so much from just like, <laughs> I didn't even know I was injured. And Celia's like, yeah, you are. Oh, rotations. Yeah. Yeah. I can't rotate as well one way as I can the other. And she's like, yeah, that's like, you need to work on this. I'm like, no, I don't have anything that I need to work on. She's I'm, like, uh, try this. And then I died. And I'm not fine. exaggerating when everything <laughs> from my ankle to my neck is effed up. No way. It is. And it's okay. Like it's not to the point where I can't walk, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but there's, something's been wrong with something. There's okay. something. And honestly, your ankle is the problem more Usually. than likely. And it creates stuff up to the neck. Right. So like your right ankle goes to your left knee. Your left knee goes to your right hip. Yep. Your right hip goes to your left oblique. Yep. Oblique goes to shoulder. And guess what? Now I have shoulder trap issues because, because my right ankle. ankle isn't lined up. Like this is ridiculous. So this is why I need you in my life. <laughs> Help me. I know. Ankle mobility is like step one. Honestly. But, totally true. Yep. I would say mobilize better. Do it before your workout. Um, what other advice would you say as a trainer? That I've learned from my past. Yeah. That you, if you could redo it, what would you do? Something that I think that I would, especially recently, like, especially because I did start out in like the bodybuilding sect of fitness individuals, I just like listened to what everybody said and took it as fact. Yeah. You know, like, I was hard. like, oh, the, like, I'm totally guilty of like what we've commented on a couple times on this podcast is like, 
oh, well, they look great. They must know what they're talking about. It's like, no, they do not. They no, they don't. They do consistency. Yes. That's it. That's it. And it's just kind of like, look at, like, research by yourself. Like, ask someone who knows what they're talking about. Or if you think you're talking to someone who knows what they're talking about, just make sure that they really do. It's just like, I could have saved myself so much, like, wasted time doing stuff that doesn't work. I mean, something as simple as, like, okay, let's say Olivia was like, man, my back hurts. I'm like, oh, we'll do this. And she's like, that doesn't help. Help me at all. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. you're wrong. Like, okay, then obviously I don't know what I'm talking about. Right. But, like, if I come to her or she comes to me and she's like, dude, my back hurts. And I show her something and she's like, actually... I vis- I see it visually what's going on and I see the imbalance and I can fix it and then I'll show her how and if it works that's also another way to see to right prove their fact does right. it work or not right it should you should definitely and also like beware of placebo effect because a lot of times like someone will be like try this it really works and they're like oh thanks so I feel better like no you don't I know I'll sit there and go do you feel it do you feel it like really? actually because if you don't I have a plan B right like don't can, say A right and I can always tell when clients don't feel it yeah so i'll be like hey do you feel it they're like yeah i'm like do you really they're like well i'm like tell me how you feel it i'll say is this in your lat or is this in your middle back say point to where you feel it no that's not what we want oh okay because like we'll do like side clamshells all the time where you Mm -hmm. lay on the ground and you lift your knee up separating your other knee Mm -hmm. and i'll be like where do you feel it and they always feel it down their it band Mm -hmm. and i'm like where are you you feeling it oh yeah i'm feeling it Uh uh-huh yep and afterwards, I'm like, where did you feel it? And they'll point to, like, their top of their knee on the side. And you're like, that and was I'm like, not where you're supposed to be feeling not it. okay. Let's fix yeah. that up. So it's a quick and easy fix. Right, right, right. We change it up. But, be, yeah, be aware of placebo effect, too. Because, you know, even if – I feel like sometimes it's, like, confirmation bias. Like, oh, I will I – I think this person knows what they're talking about. I want them to give me advice. So what they're going to tell me is going to be right. I don't think I've ever been like, yeah, I feel it, and I don't. No. That's weird. It's awful. I'm like, guys, come on. Do you feel it? Yeah. Mm, don't lie. Don't lie. Learn. Tell me. Tell me. Yeah, exactly. Like, speak up for yourselves. That's what I would say. You know? Yeah. That's all. Don't listen to everyone. They're not. Just listen to us. <laughs> yeah, only listen to us. Like, obviously, we know everything. We do. We know. We, we don't. <laughs> I, think I, would like, the... I was like, I don't even want to pretend like I do. Between but... the two of us, we know a lot. Yeah, absolutely. It's like the perfect, like, Yang and yang. It just is. rewatch our 20 questions episode if you have any. <laughs> Honestly, like just like rewatch those and you'll understand why this is like ying and yang status. So I want to know if you guys would like to watch us talk. Yeah, we're kind of, honestly, we're going back and forth between this because I'm about to set up like a home office in my apartment. And my apartment's cute too. Right, it's right, loud. right. We both, true. So she lives on like a busier road than I do, but. Like, but we have, we both have like cute little setups and we're kind of like, okay, do we want to film this too? And kind of like maybe put some clips on YouTube or on Instagram or I don't know. Let us know though. Cause honestly, if no one says if anything, if we get one feedback, we'll do it. That's <laughs> I, I was going to at least raise the bar to like 10. No. Oh, come on. I want somebody. One person be like, Nobody's yes, I'm asking questions. Like we need you guys to yeah, ask us questions, please ask yeah. us more questions. We have, like, the same three people ask us the same questions every week. And I'm like, you guys, I understand. But, like, there's so many people out there that just don't want to ask. Please ask. Yeah, we if we don't have, have answers, we'll find it out. That's what we'll do. Yeah, we don't mind talking about stuff. Yeah. Or, like, hash it out on the podcast. Be like, we know nothing about this. Let's learn. Yeah. Live feed, live stream uh, learning session. I think I personally would like to watch someone talk. Right. Kind of like Joe Rogan. Because I think we're, we're clearly going that way. Yeah, we are Joe Rogan, so Rogan. Just kidding. Wow. 
Never. I'm sorry in advance. Wow. I'm, you know what? I'm not even going to say I'm going to edit that out because I know I'm not going to. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we are rambling. We don't mean to. But yes, we, we hope that today kind of helped you realize that there are some stuff out there that isn't always believable. Do your research. We always say that. Bodybuilding myths, they exist. Ask us questions. Um, we've, we've been misled a lot too. Yeah. And we've had to learn the, the long way. Right. We've, we've learned in the past year, I would even say. For no, sure. We're absolutely. still learning. Um, update on boxing in next episode because I totally forgot to talk about that today. And I wanted to update you all, but we were too fired up to talk about myths. So we will attack that episode later. Yep. Bye. Bye.